Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Let's go to the phones and joining us as he does every week. And I'll bet you he is out in some beautiful weather at a tournament full of people that are having a great time. And that's Mr. Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? You know, I'm doing great. Uh, This weather is phenomenal. We're going to be close to 60 at my house both today and tomorrow. But Mother Nature is going to throw us a curveball. I had thought this weekend... I'd be talking more and more open water. I went out checking out lakes, and we are going to talk open water later in the show. But I went, checked out, and Horsetooth, the main lake is wide open. Carter was open. There was ice fishermen on Boyd. We're going to cover that later. <clears throat> and there was ice fishermen on Lawn Hagler. But I thought, boy, 50, 60 degrees. And then I hear it's going to be below zero next week. We might get a little more ice fishing on the front range. I think so, Terry. Uh, I mean, you are right. I, I'm up here at Grand Lake, and the weather can be nicer. I'm in a t-shirt, no gloves, which uh, notoriously for ice fishing is not that common. And most importantly, here at Grand Lake, we've had some of our coldest events, you know, negative 20, negative 30 up here at Grand Lake, and it is unbelievable out. I mean, it, I would say by the end of this, we might be t-shirt weather. So it, it, it's incredible. Uh, but like you said, the front range, um, everybody, I mean, you know, ice takes beating with heat. Ice takes a beating with sun. But it takes ice a while to go away. If you talk to anybody who's trying to be on a boat, when you stare at the lake, ice takes a while to melt. And it's going to be hot. You know, it's, it was warm yesterday, hot today, hot tomorrow. But I think our ice is going to push through it on the front range. I, I kind of cut out on me there, Nate. Are you still there? Nate, do we still have you? So... I lost Nate there. Hopefully we'll get him. Nate is, we're seeing big pre-bond walleyes. All right. You cut out on me there for a while, Nate, so I I missed part of that. But um, I want to get on that. You were absolutely right. You were talking about how ice stays. And that's why in the spring we can get a 60-degree day where you can be on good ice, ice fishing, and having a great time without fighting the cold. Before we get to more of ice fishing, what's happening up at your tournament? Absolutely, Terry. We, uh, we've weighed some big fish so far. Um, you know, in the past years up here at Grand Lake, it's usually uh, around a three-pound fish to take the win. And so far today, we have a fish coming in at 6.44 at first place and another big laker at 6.14. Um, so we have got two big fish so far. And Grand Lake has a slot limit on it, so we can't measure those fish longer than that 26 inches. So both of these fish were in the 25-inch range um, right there. You know, it's basically as big as you can get for the size, and it's absolutely incredible. So we're seeing big fish. We're seeing numbers of fish, um, and honestly, the bite is just getting better and better. That We kind of had a little snow front yesterday morning, uh, and as that front clears out, our pressure is kind of stabilizing, and so far, fishing is good. And most importantly, we're seeing some of those bigger fish that we haven't seen in the past couple of years. Well, you're absolutely, and I've always liked Grand Lake. You want me to tell you a real quick story about Grand Lake? So, I would love to hear it. So... Karen and I are on Grand Lake filming a television show and we're out in the water, but we didn't have a camera boat that trip for some reason. So she's in the boat with us and we're catching fish out at Grand Lake. And I said, 
let's pull up by the docks by town on Grand Lake. I'll put you off on the dock. I'll just pretend to fish. We don't need to catch anything. I just want a scene of the outside of the boat so people kind of look. Wanted to see what it looked like when we were out there from when we were fishing, right? So we pull up to the dock, and Karen gets the camera set up, and I'm right by the dock. I drop a little tube jig down, first drop, hook about a 24-inch lake trout, reel it in. And catch it right there. I would never have fished there. And all the people are standing on shore thinking, wow, he must really be good. Did you see that? You know, he just sets up a camera and catches a fish. No idea right. that was going to happen. <laughs> just shows how good you are, Terry. And, I mean, that's yeah. right where we're sitting. Our grid is literally paralleling those docks. We are right in town. So, all right, Nate. Let's get back to what are you seeing out there. Let's so you can get back to your tournament. What are you seeing? What are you seeing for the bite out on the ice and other places? Absolutely, Terry. Like I was mentioning, the good ice on the front range, and it's bringing on a bite that we're not used to on the front range. We're having a legit pre-spawn bite for walleyes. Now, again, if anybody's tell us how long the ice is going to last. But right now, while the ice is being good, we're having big walleyes on here. I, I haven't seen this big walleyes on the ice in quite some time. Last week, I saw two 30-inch walleyes for some buddies of mine that were on. Nate, we are just losing you Very pretty good. steady. Nate, are you there? Continue to laugh is absolutely incredible. Yeah, Nate, we're really having a problem with you cutting out. I don't know if you're moving around or it's just a service up there, but 30-inch walleyes through the ice in the spring, these are pre-spawn females that are probably at the heaviest they'll be all year, wouldn't you think? I agree 100%. The fish that we're catching are just unbelievably fat. And it's a kind of a combination of spawn material as well as just a very well-fed winter fish. So between the two combinations, these are definitely the fattest fish that you'll find in a season for sure. Well, and what about, um, do you think we'll see the ice recede quick enough for the uh, Parks and Wildlife to get the walleye spawn for, for uh, stocking? You know, they, they plan on starting their operations right around that March 15th. But depending on how this week goes with these extremely cold temperatures, kind of a mix with some snow protecting it, um, I mean, I definitely do not see any open water coming anytime at the early part of March. Uh, but once we start getting into that, maybe that first, second week of March, the sun really starts taking its toll. But right now, um, it is definitely all about ice and not open water on the front range. Well, and, you know, there are some open water opportunities I'm going to talk about later in the year uh, and later in the hour. But, you know, another fish that really rears its head, and normally this time of the year, and I will a little, little later, you see a lot of trout, a lot of stock trout, but a lot of big trout on the front range that come close to shore as that ice recedes. Um, what's the, what do you think the outlook is for catching those through the ice right now? We're seeing them right now. So they'd like the Chatfield North Boat Dock. Everybody overlooks it because they think it's just a boat dock cove. They think it's too busy in summer. But that boat dock cove does two things. Number one, it has lights in the parking lot. So you see a lot of shad coming into that boat dock cove. And then once they come in there, they almost get trapped. So you have a high food source. Then you kind of have a mix of rock moving into concrete and sand. And it actually makes an ideal spawning site. And again, that's a lot of times where the fish are introduced. So we see a lot of those big rainbows stacking up in the boat dock at Chatfield right now as we speak. We're also seeing a lot of fish migrating into the South Platte 
at Chatfield coming into that area. So Chatfield alone has some definitely some good action and some possibility at some of those bigger fish. So that's hot. But then t- jumping kind of up into the hills, 11 mile right now. I had a, a great opportunity at some big spawners in the Witcher's Cove area, which there's very little water flow, but those fish stack in there. And then when you get over towards Sucker's Cove and Cross Creek, we have got literally massive loads um, of fish coming into that area uh, to get ready to spawn. So, I mean, you literally have just school after school after school migrating in to, again, the flats right in front of the inlet at 11 Mile, and there's some big fish in there. And it's kind of cool because it's mainly rainbows coming in there. But with that being said, you get the big, you know, kind of predator phase of the browns moving into that area to feed on the eggs. So we're seeing big browns and rainbows kind of stacking up at 11 mile um, and definitely some opportunity. Probably the biggest trout through the season um, up there at 11 mile right now. And we're seeing these fish as deep as 8 to 10 feet and as shallow as 3 to 4 feet. So shallow water and big fish at 11 mile. How long do you think that ice will hold up at 11 mile? We still have maybe another month at least probably. I'd say a solid month. Right now, I mean, obviously the inlet's the first to go when they start running water through it. Um, but again, it holds pretty true. So I would say at least a month, if not a little more up there in the South Park area. I wouldn't say we have as much ice as like a, a really big winter, but by no means are we lacking ice in those conditions. So I would say we're good for at least a month up in the South Park area. What about Grand Lake where you're at right now? In addition to the grid you've got laid out for your tournament, are you hearing much more about the lake? How's it fishing? I am. We're hearing quite a few fish. I talked to a lot of anglers that ran kind of towards the inlet yesterday and caught a lot of fish. So right now we have about 8 to 10 inches of snow on top of the ice, but it's packed down. So you can walk right on top of it. So we're not seeing, you know, a lot of powder to walk through. We're seeing zero slush which is kind of rare for Grand Lake. So no slush, good snow, and we have about 24 inches of ice. So lots of ice, great conditions up here. Um, we're seeing rainbows and browns in shallow water. I would say that, you know, 10 feet to 20 feet of water is where those rainbows and browns are cruising. Uh, we're seeing rainbow or browns out to maybe about 30, and then that deeper water, that 40, 50, all the way out to, you know, hundreds um, is where we're seeing all those lake trout. But definitely a lot of opportunity for those fish. And, again, if you're looking for kind of the ultimate of that, I would kind of hang on that shore early in the morning and that's when you're going to get those rainbows and browns cruising through and then kind of retreat out to that deeper water we're going to get to those lake trout so that's kind of a good combination uh, of the two in that situation again from what we've seen kind of that eastern inlet on the east side of the reservoir that's really where we're having a lot of great action for just general fish well you know i think uh grand lake granby even williams fork some of those lakes people get enamored with you know, big lakers and some of the lakes like 11 Mile and Williams Fork that have big pike. And they, they, don't, they don't spend enough time going after the rainbows and browns, which it's some of the best rainbow and brown ice fishing in the state, yet people have a mindset about going for the lake trout, don't they? I agree, Terry, 100%. They just get distracted with it. I mean, for for what it's worth, I mean, it is a fantastic time for big Lakers. It's a great time for big pike. One of my favorite bites of the year, Terry, everybody's listening to the show. When we start getting to about right now, we're getting into pre-spawn pike. So it starts mid-February. It really peaks out in mid-March. But right now is when we're catching these big, big pikes through the ice. And it's a tip-up bite. No matter how much we want to catch them on rod and reel and vice versa, it, the tip-up with, with like a big dead sucker or a water dog, that is the, the premium way and technique to catch these big pike. But one of my favorite bites is to get into a good pike spot, have my tip-up for a pike, uh, and instead of having two tip-ups out, do a tip-up in a rod. So I'll sit in a shelter with my rod, and I'll be catching those big rainbows and those big cut bows, and then I'm watching my tip-up for pike. 
pike. So you can have the best of both worlds in the pike opportunity. So you go to like 11 mile right now, they're very much in the same spot. Uh, Cause again, those pike are looking for those kind of sandy, muddy flats to spawn. So they're just coming up on weed vines in those areas. So they'll still feed in those areas before they take one bump shallower into their spawning site in April. So you can sit right there. You can have the, the opportunity at those big traps those big pike in one spot. Um, so, so it's kind of a good, you know, dual purpose trip right there. Uh, and again, can lead to big fish on both sides of the spectrum. That's a, this is a good time to take a couple of your buddies with you so that you can put out three or four tip-ups in kind of a pattern, and then you can still do some fishing. I think it's, so, I, you know, I, I, you need a pattern with the tip-ups usually. It is nice. The more rods you have, the more you can figure out the elevation they're sitting on, high and low in the water column, the depth that they're at. So I couldn't agree more. Get the buddies together, you know, get, throw up a hub shelter, have three, four guys together, set the tip-ups, and, uh, and get ready for some big trout. But it is a, a definite awesome combination to do to do both aspects there. All right. Any other bites you've heard going on anywhere that we should let people know of? You know, I'd say the biggest thing is I would take advantage of those big walleyes in the front range right now. Again, always use caution on ice, but the opportunity to have pre-spawn walleyes on ice does not happen that frequently. So take advantage of that while it's happening. Then the big pike and, and lakers as they're getting going, big rainbows going. So there's a lot happening. And I would say, honestly, looking at my calendar, starting next week, I'm actually getting very much involved with coconut. So I have my next six guide trips are actually at 11 mile doing nothing but kokanee salmon fishing. We wait for those plankton to really gather up with density. And once they get dense, that's when those kokanee really gather. So right now those kokanee are gathering up um, and that's when things get great. So kokanee are gathered and and that's going to be an awesome trip. So my next six trips are nothing but kokanee. That's probably a whole radio show in itself talking about those techniques and flasher systems, but, but definitely lot happening and kokanee definitely need to be added to that list for sure is the kokanee population has it rebounded pretty well in uh, in 11 mile they are i mean obviously gill lice is a problem statewide but i would say that we're just taking our kokanee salmon population kind of year by year and right now that bite at 11 mile is good so we're seeing good numbers of all year classes and the fish that we're catching are healthy all right, my friend, I'll let you get back to your tournament. If people want to book a trip or want more information, how do they find you? Just look up Tightline Outdoors. You can find us on Facebook. We'll have a post recap of this tournament, which is pretty fun, uh, as well as information on all of our guide trips and our website. So just search out Tightline Outdoors, find us on social, find us on the web. And, yeah, we would definitely love to get you out and get a trip scheduled. And, folks, if you're in the Grand Lake area right now, beautiful weather, run out to Grand Lake and take a look at these fish that are being measured and coming in. You'll, you'll have time of your life. It's so much fun to watch. It really gives you faith in the, the fishery, doesn't it, Nate? Absolutely, and that's the thing we love. I mean, right now on the ice, we have a little about a little over 200 people that aren't fishing that are just hanging out. So you're up here, stop on by. Absolutely, we can make it a group activity. Come and see what's going on. We'll, we'll talk about it. You can see some fish and, uh, and you know, gather more information about ice fishing. All right, my friend, we'll talk to you next week. Talk to you soon. All right, Nate Polinski, always a great resource. We're going to take a time out, and we come back, we'll switch things up as our dog trainer, Ben Garcia, going to talk about some things, do's and don'ts, for getting ready with your puppy or your dog this time of the year on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Says this, after ordering your remodeling project, right, Dad? You've got that right, Todd. Hi, folks. Dan Cicchini, owner of Dunright Kitchens and Baths, Windows and Doors. Simply put, we make people happy. Ever since the 80s, we've proven ourselves by being picky. Tell the folks, Todd. Well, there's only one way we'll resurface cap. 
you're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear. And, you know, we're going to talk dog training here in just a second with our friend Ben Garcia, but Jack's has a full line of products for your dog training, so stop by and check it out and your dog's needs with food and everything else. Let's go to the phone now, and joining us from Hideaway Kennels is Ben Garcia. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, Terry. How are you doing? I'm doing great, but it's going to be really cold this coming week, so what I think I'm going to do is run to the store it's because I don't want my puppy to go out or my dog to go out, so he's not going to want to go out. So I'm going to run to the store and buy some stuffed animals to play catch and tug of war with in the house. How does that sound? G- give me a heart attack. I'll just, I'll just go and just go and take me to the ER right now when I hear that talking. <laughs> <laughs> just, go ahead and give me a bed. <laughs> so, yeah. Give me an EKG. Obviously, yeah. I'll- Obviously, I'm being facetious, but you and I have talked, and you know, especially a hunting dog, you just don't want that stuffed animal syndrome, do you? You don't, and we've seen a lot of that. You know, I mean, dogs move in trends. You know, and like as you know, like a movie can come out, have a dog in it, and then they'll sell that breed of that dog for for years after that one movie. And so, animals definitely move in trends, like everything else in the world. But the one we've seen a lot during COVID is people home with their dogs, which is awesome, but they're wanting to buy them stuffed animals to make them feel better, but it ends up causing a ton of problems in the bird dog world for us in training. So so what happens? Why? What is the negative? What happens when I buy a stuffed animal for a, a hunting-type dog? What kind of habits does it develop that I don't want? Well, what it does, just through, you know, through time and time again, is they learn if they destroy something, they get told they're a good dog and they're going to get another one. And what that turns into is then when I get a bird in my mouth, I'm just going to destroy this thing because it's a bird in my mouth. And there's a product that came out a couple of years ago where they made a stuffed pheasant and a stuffed duck. And everybody fell in love with it and wanted to get it for their dogs. But we'll get puppies in for training. And they'll get that bird in their mouth. And within three to four seconds, they're already shaking it and start ripping out breasts and feathers because it's a pattern of behavior they've learned. And we always talk about that. Like, what are we teaching our dog? or allowing our dog that's going to affect us negative, negatively in hunting. And, and that's the one that just really comes up in the bird dog world is just destroying it. We, we've had clients that go to Goodwill every day to buy stuck animals for their dogs for them to destroy, and then we get them in for training. That first bird they get in their mouth, they're either eating it or destroying it, and it causes a lot of work to recover from in, in the dog. Well, it really does set them up on the wrong path. And another one I kind of alluded to when I was uh, being facetious in the open is, no matter what you're using, playing tug-of-war also, because you want them to drop that bird, but if you're they're used to playing tug-of-war or keeping it away from you, that causes issues. It does, and you can get really technical in the training of it. Like, there's some breeds you want to play tug-of-war with, like if you have a protection dog, you know, but ultimately what you do in that training is you get them to release it, give it back to you, and then you give them a substitution after that as a reward, so you're still taking it. But on, on bird dogs and pets, what we do a lot of, what we'll see a lot of is playing tug-of-war, playing the tug-of-war, and give it to the dog, and the dog walks away with it that it's theirs. So now all of a sudden when you're in the field and you have that beautiful, nice rooster in your hand, then you go to have them give it up. They're going, wait a minute, oh, am I going to take this for myself and go destroy it? And, and then you start getting teared birds up and fights going on over birds and, and just not good behavior going on with it. So. Do you have some recommendation? I'm in the house all day with the dog, and I'm. it's going to be a hunting dog. Now, obviously, some of these things, if it's just a house dog and it's your pet, then the approach can be a little different because you're not going to have problems in the right. field. But if you're training a house dog, uh, a hunting dog, but it's also your house dog, it's your companion, uh, are there some 
activities in the house I should or can do to have fun with them that are beneficial? Yeah, I mean, the, the blessing of where we're at now in dog products is there's just so much money and innovation going to dog products right now. It's really a good time to look at some of these things. I mean, there's things like Kongs where you can freeze them with, with peanut butter, put a treat in there, and the dog has to work to get that out. Um, I like games where the dog has to solve something and get a reward for it. So there's some at-home treat games you can do where they have to push the ball, they have to push the treat out to, of a bowl to find it. Um, there's slow feeders that you can put feed in there that they have to eat slowly around obstacles to get them. And anything that a dog can do to solve a problem it just gets into those genetics of being a hunting dog that they love to play with. So anything that is treat rewarded is great. Um, as far as other treats, like we really like bully sticks. Some people give rawhide, some people don't. We do if we're supervising them. But the other thing on those you want to pay attention to is you want to make sure they're a U.S. made product. Um, some of the ones that ship in from foreign places don't go through regulations and you can get into some stomach and GI issues with some treats that are, that are not made in America or regulated, regulated, excuse me. Those are really great recommendations. Now we've got a couple minutes left. It's spring is coming. We're going to get the dogs out and be more active. We're going to spend more time outside. Maybe not this next week, but soon. What should I should I be doing anything to get my dog ready for spring so he he's going to not going to have issues? Yeah, I mean the one thing from the hunting dog side is preserves are only open for about four more weeks in Colorado. You know, and then birds start molting and dumping feathers. So if you have time that you want to hunt, I mean. Rooster, Rocky Mountain Roosters is open until March 21st. Come down and do a hunt before that season wraps up because it sneaks up faster than you think. They go, oh, man, I only got my dog out once. This is some great weather to get out with some moisture and get your dog on birds. But as far as other things, this is the time of year we like to train or groom our dogs in months that begin with A's. So like our Britneys and our Setters, we'll get them groomed in April and August. And what that does is in April, if we groom them, it shaves off all that winter hair. That's super thick. It's, it's just it's getting heavy from the heavy winter coat. You get rid of that, and then in the house, you don't have a lot of shedding going on. And, and we also shave in August because that's pre-hunting season and when we're starting to really train up so we don't get burrs and those things in there. Um, that's a great thing to do to get your dog groomed. The other one is if you cut back your calorie intake on your dog because it's winter and you haven't been hunting, this is the time of year to start getting more food with a lot more calories if you're going to start hiking or running or, or getting out with them. And the other one a lot of people don't think about is your dog's nails. Get those trimmed up. Um, the one tip I'll give for everybody that's going out and, and getting out there this year in the spring is get your ID tag, your, your rabies tag, your dog's name tag. Get it plated onto a collar. Um, the, the jingle is great and those are great, but we find them everywhere laying on the ground where they come off during a hunt or during a hike for somebody. And so you really want to make sure your ID contact on your collar is up to date. So it's got the right phone number, the right contact information. If you've moved or got a new phone number and just some good things like that, as you start getting out into nature a little bit more as this weather breaks, that you got all your stuff together for your dog. Is it still a good time for me to be getting a puppy and getting it ready? So I want to hunt with it next year. Yeah, this is the time to do it. I mean, this is the time to get it, starting your obedience, starting to get them ready. Um, you know, the other thing, if you're getting a puppy or you have a dog, and, and, you know, Tara, I just remembered is if you're going out of town for spring break, if you're going out of town for stuff this spring, now's the time to start booking those boarding kennels because they fill up. Everybody got a dog during the last two years, and everybody needs a board if they go out of town. So if, if you have summer plans, 4th of July, now's the time to start booking those boarding kennels and same with spring break. And so, yeah, but if you want to get a puppy and be hunting next year, now's the time to get it and start getting it ready. 
All right, my friend, we're out of time, but if people want more information, tell them how they find you and tell them where you're out of and about booking those hunts, too. Yeah, so we're located at Rocky Mountain Roosters, which is an awesome place to come out and have a hunt. It's a great family place. Um, you can find them at RockyMountainRoosters.com. You can find us at HideawayKennels.com and same on both Facebook pages. But um, it's a great place to come down with your dog. It's a big open country, and you get to see some nice flying birds going and, and get a good hunt in. As always, my friend, really great information. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Terry. Have a good day. You bet. Ben Garcia, Hideaway Kennels. I'll tell you what, folks, just the knowledge I've gained just having Ben on the air with us, especially towards hunting dogs. You know, you can do a little different with your home dog if he's just going to be a house pet. But hunting dogs can be both sometimes. And there's some things Ben is just always throwing great tips at us to make sure we get the most out of those dogs. I'm gonna, we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, Brad Peterson is going to join us. And we were going to talk a lot of open water fishing, but we're also going to talk ice fishing with this weather that's coming up. And we're going to kind of look out over the next few weeks and tell you what you can expect. All that more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. What a great song. He is just a great musician. Such an influence on my own music. He was just tremendous. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go to the phones. And joining us is uh, Brad Peterson from Brad Peterson Outdoors. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Terry. You know, we were going to talk a lot of open water, and I think we still will. But with it going to be below zero next week, we probably should talk some ice fishing, too. Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. You know, I've been out the last couple of days checking out some of the actual ice and doing some fishing up in the uh, the northern Front Range area, and we're sitting at more ice for this time of year than I've seen in quite a few years. You know, we're still not seven to eight inches of good ice range, and about a week ago, 10 days ago, we were at nine, so that warm weather we had last week, we lost a little bit. But we still have snow cover on our ice here. So I don't think this this warm weather is going to impact the ice up north as much. And, man, the temperatures we've got coming next week, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't add some more ice. You know, we'll definitely hold what we've got, but it wouldn't surprise me if we don't get back to that 9 or maybe 10-inch range. Well, you know, and one of the things about this year is we always tell people to be really careful because I went out and did some checking, and... Carter was wide open. Now, that was before this recent cold spell or around it. And Horsetooth was open except for the bays. Boyd had people fishing all the way out in the middle of the lake. Lon Hagler had people fishing out in the middle of the lake with ice fishing. So it really can be across the street. It can be so different. And cold weather will make some ice, but the sun does get intense. And so it can change in a hurry, especially by inlets and shore. So while I think there's going to, we're going to talk to you about some good opportunities, also safety is paramount. Don't you agree? Oh, it is completely. You know, yesterday I was out on a, a smaller body of water that had eight inches out in the middle, but on the north shoreline that had some rocks on it, um, you know, there was some slush and there was probably two, two inches of ice on that surface that was already starting to get pretty soft. So, 
you know, you really need to pay attention, and it's going to be that shoreline, particularly anything that's sticking up or rocks that are going to hold the heat in that north and west shoreline. They get they get heated up quicker than the rest, and so those areas are going to be a little bit uh, squirrely right along the edge. So um, even though I've been out on that that spot a week ago. You know, with the warm temperatures, I still was punching holes about every 50 feet or so. And a lot of times I wasn't even getting down into the water. You know, I was punching down to where I was getting four to six inches, and I knew I had a good thickness of ice to keep going. But uh, no one else had been out there since the snow, so I just wanted to double-check, you know, how the ice was holding up. Well, and all that being said now, as we get towards this late ice and it gets ready to to recede and go away while you can still get out on the lakes, the fishing activity picks up. You get waters running in both from melt and from inlets, and you get more oxygen. You get more oxygen by the shorelines. More sun is penetrating. You see the bug life starting to come life. You see it come to life. You see the minnows starting to move. So sometimes we don't get to take advantage of this late ice because it goes away so quickly. So I'm thinking shoreline trout and then panfish and warm water species maybe out a little bit more should really start to take off. What are you seeing? I, I'd agree with you the the exact same thing. I'm on it. St. Rain this morning had a little time, just wanted to see how the action was. And, uh, you know, the trout are still biting here. Uh, it seems like you need just a little bit of movement. Uh, don't, you don't need to be real aggressive. But there are more trout biting right now than have been biting the last couple of weeks out here. So, so the activity level is turning up. And some of the other smaller lakes, like you mentioned going to Lawn Hagler and Douglas, and some of those places like that, you're starting to get, you know, that more activity shallow. Some of your panfish are moving up. So it's it's a good time to go. The one thing I would say is, is that Boyd has kind of started to get a little tough. And so if you're up in this area, you know, I might stick away, you know, steer clear of Boyd for a couple, you know, a week or so and try some of the other bodies of water that allow ice fishing just to have a little bit better chance at, at a successful time out there and, and both the trout, the panfish, and then um, you go up to Douglas, you've got a chance of catching a sauger up there and it's one of the few lakes in the state that have true saugers. Yeah, so there's going to be good ice fishing opportunities and of course with the mountains getting cold this next few days, we probably a lot of mountain areas, we're going to have another month or more of ice fishing, at least at least two, three weeks in a lot of places. So you know, just be careful, make sure you check the conditions I know the trout and the pike will be moving shallow up in the mountains. And the walleyes down on Cherry Creek and Chatfield are actually in pre-spawn. And a few 30-inch-plus fish have come out of those lakes already. So that's another opportunity. But those bigger lakes, you really have to be aware of where you're fishing and what the ice conditions are. Yeah, and, and pay attention, especially, you know, along the front range and in our closer lakes, like, you know, up north, Red Feathers and in the North Park Lake, a couple warm days and then one of our real windy spring days where it's 40 to 60 mile an hour winds, and that can take the ice off real quick. And sometimes if you're down there in the Denver area, it may not be blowing up there, but it may be blowing 60 or 70 up in red feathers and take that ice off or make it unsafe. So kind of pay attention to what's been going on the last few days of the, the destination of where you're going to go fishing. 
just so that you don't end up driving all the way up there to find out that uh, it's not safe to go out. I want to switch to open water because there are going to be open water opportunities. Some of these lakes, the volume of water in them is enough where they don't change temperature that fast. Like Carter Lake, when I went by it this week, was wide open. We may get some shore ice this next week, but it's not going to cap up again. And that shore ice will come off almost immediately as it starts to warm again. And we're going to have lakes like that where you're going to have a lot of great trout activity, both stocked and hold over big fish that are going to come close to shore. And the shore anglers actually have a better opportunity a lot of times than the boat angler. And you're going to see some of these lakes also with the walleye opportunities. Do you see any of that starting pretty soon? Or are you going to be out taking advantage of that? You know, the, uh, I think that you're exactly right there, Terry. And come and horse tooth, a couple of those lakes that are some of our bigger, deeper lakes are going to have those opportunities starting earlier. So if you are much of an ice fisherman, go up there. The one thing is, remember the water temps are real cold, and the fish are going to be fairly lethargic. So if you're going to be fishing uh, artificials, uh, something like a, a hair jig or a jig and a twister, uh, fish real slow along the bottom or a slow straight retrieve on the twister, or a jerkbait, a suspending jerkbait that's just going to be able to sit there for a while will help you get more bites. And and the thing about it is, you know, with those, this time of year, like you said, this is one of the best times of the year for anglers to get, shore anglers to get on some of the biggest fish. And, and actually, um, that's one of the things I'm going to be talking about coming up at the ISC Sports Show at, at the end of March is, you know, shore angling and and some tips for those people fishing the shorelines to uh, be able to catch, you know, more fish and, and capitalize on this early springtime bite that goes on. Yeah, and for the trout, especially um, inlet, uh, shoreline, open water, the rainbows are trying to spawn, especially if there's an inlet anywhere nearby. The browns come in and try to eat the eggs. Also, if there's an inlet there, you'll get some fish trying to use that inlet, plus they'll be by the shore. And don't overlook boat ramps. Boat ramps are full of, you know, they're cement, they're hard, they warm up fast with the sun. And a lot of these fish were stocked at those boat ramps, and they get imprinted. They come back to spawn at those same boat ramps. So those are some areas. The walleyes can be a little trickier. you you got to kind of study the lake you're on, see where they try to spawn. Another thing you got to be careful this time of the year, Brad, is they'll hopefully... Parks and Wildlife will be doing egg-taking operations, so be careful you're not getting into a closed area. Yeah, the the dams at Chatfield, Cherry Creek, and Pueblo will close down the fishing on March 1st and will remain closed until the end of the walleye spawning operation. Um, Or I think it's like uh, April 15th if they're still going. But check the regs on that, but that's one thing you got to be really careful of, so those, those areas that you traditionally would think would be great spots to get shoreline fishing, I don't think you're going to get much of an opportunity on this year uh, because we're still going to have ice until then. So look for spots that have current or maybe some riprap or, or more of a, a gravelly uh, shoreline that has a little bit of depth close to it. Uh, in other locations on those three bodies of water, and you'll still be able to get those walleyes that are coming in. And then on other lakes, you're still able to get out on and uh, 
and fish for those walleyes that are at the spawning. And, and typically it's, it's the dam, the hard bottom, or the inlets are the three areas to target when you're looking at those spawning walleyes. And I would say get to those spots about hour, hour and a half before dark. And then you're going to want to fish into the night or get there real early in the morning because most of that activity takes place at night. All right. Another thing to do, and I don't want to spend too much time on it today, but people need to start getting ready for open water. You need to be checking your rods and reel, your lines, looking at your tackle to see what you need and don't need because there's, it could be tough to get some particular things that the supply chain still hasn't caught up. So you want to look early, buy early and get organized. And you know what? Get a warm day. I'm out of my patio. I love going through my tackle because it's always a mess after the end of the open water season because I take the lure I was using and I put it in the box for the next lure I'm taking out instead of the box it should be in. So it's always kind of fun to go through that. It reminds you of what you have and how you use it. Last thing, you mentioned ISE, and while we have just about a minute or two left, um, ISE is on. It's going to be March 24th through the 27th. You and I will both be there. And one of the things we're going to do is we're going to have that kids and family day on Sunday again, and we're going to be actually having giveaways for the kids again this year. I'm excited, Brad. Yeah, that is, you know, we started that, a, well, more than just a few years back, but a, a few uh, uh, sports shows back. And it is, it's so great seeing people that are, you know, getting the kids out there, getting them excited about fishing. But the other thing is, is it's really geared towards anyone who's new to fishing. So there's a lot of, you know, families or, or single parents or, you know, uh, Several of the seminars, you know, I did a, you know, let's get started uh, fishing seminar on the tank a few years ago. And, and one side had all the kids, and one side, I would say, was 70% uh, women who were just getting into fishing and wanted to learn, you know, some tips and tricks. And we talked to everyone afterwards. So, you know, anyone who's new to the sport and wants to learn a little bit more, that. Sunday is a great opportunity to go down there and learn a lot because the seminars are geared towards it. You know, the giveaways we've got, uh, I know Shields has committed to some giveaways. I know you're working on some others for the kids and, uh, you know, great opportunity for the kids to get some new product and learn some stuff and just, just a fun family day. All right, Brad, we got to run, but we'll be telling people more about ISC over the next few weeks. And I have a bunch of tickets to give away over the next few weeks. So stay tuned for that. Brad, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, Terry, have a good one. All right, Brad Peterson from Brad Peterson Outdoors. We will take a quick time out. When we come back, we will wrap up this week's edition of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're just a tear in my eyes each night I cry myself to sleep. You're just a memory. Down here for something. Oh, there we are. I somehow couldn't keep. Tragic that I lose the sound when my own song is playing. No, Ty, always a great job. That's a teardrop in my eyes. It's from the EP that Wickstrom and Dobrith released earlier this year that you can find on your local streaming service or on any almost any social media by searching Wickstrom and Dobrith. Um, one thing I want to do house cleaning. I want to make sure the for, we started the show today talking about the the 
legislation that's in the U.S. Congress about cleaning up these small mine sites that are polluting our rivers so much. It's a bipartisan effort. Everybody on both sides of the aisles is behind it. I did put up on Facebook this morning and yesterday. Yesterday I put up a newspaper article I wrote for the Denver Post on that. And then this morning before we started the show, I put up a post talking about that Kirk Dieter was going to join me from Trout Unlimited and also with a link to an article from Trout Limited. This is a great way for organizations like Trout Unlimited, other affinity groups, even small community organizations to get permits if this goes through and properly clean up some of these mine projects that don't qualify for Superfund cleanup. So this could be just a tremendous breakthrough for all of us and could open not only take away some polluted water, but open up a lot of water for recreation. Now, is Mr. Dan Jacobs in the studio? Yes, I'm just uh, on Ticketmaster.com waiting to get my Wickstrom and Dobreth uh, tour tickets. When are they going well, on sale? Well, you know, uh, Wickstrom and Dobreth, we kind of we talked about writing you a theme song. You know, this line occurred to me. You, you, imagine this to the the tune of "Good Old Boys" from back in the uh, uh, Dukes of Hazard yes. show. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I thought this. So you kind of imagine this to be like. He's, do, he's Judge Dan Jay, doesn't mean no harm, mm-hmm. but he doesn't mind telling you he's right and you are wrong. There we go. What do you think of that? I like there, it. There, huh? I like it. Okay, we got a little more work to do, but Let's we're get getting there. Let's get to work. I like <laughs> All it. All right. Yeah, speaking of getting to work, I see that you liked my uh, Valentine's dinner that I cooked with the wine pairings. Yes, good so. job, good job. Once a year, you do something great. No, I'm just teasing. No, I'm just, every, <laughs> every week, you, you well, not more than one, once a week, you, you, you have nothing else to do. You've retired, so you, you, every night you, you do something decent in the kitchen, it looks like. Yeah, I have nothing to do. I just have to do this radio show, and I have to run our music business. Well, Karen produces I, the I, show. Karen produces the show, so let's not take too much credit. They're patting yourself well, on you're the right. back. She does a lot for the other stuff too. So really, I don't. You're right. I don't do much. I might as well just go fishing. Yeah. When's the next big fishing trip? Well, I'm going to probably get out this week if I don't freeze to death. But then yeah. we're going down to South Padre Island in March. Mm, nice. Yeah. Hey, before we do run out of time, seriously, mm-hmm. the coaching staff is kind of in place for the Broncos, and most of these guys I haven't had time to research or know enough about. Do you have an initial gut feeling reaction? I mean, no, they're young, but what? What you, do you have? Uh, yeah, feeling or are you leaning one way about yeah, this? Yeah, I'm just you know, I'm just trying to take the tact of just be patient. Uh, it, for the first time in a long time, let's just have a nice breath of optimism. Hope they get a quarterback. Listen, it's time to be patient. This team is being rebuilt. George Payton should be given a little bit of time. To rebuild this team for five or six years, we're being sold a bill of goods by John Elway that we were in rebuild now or we're in win now mode when they weren't in no way, shape or form in reality able to win now. So let uh, George Payton rebuild the team, starting with the quarterback position, if they can get one this year. And if they don't get one this year, relax. Okay, maybe they have to wait till next year to get one, but let him put the pieces in place. He started last year with a good cornerback, with a good running back, some other you know, other filler pieces. So give the man some time. Give this coaching staff some time. We don't have to build Rome in a day, so to speak, right? Uh, you know, uh, Terry, you were back there when Rome was built, weren't you? 
I just missed it by a couple of years. Okay, okay. All right. We got to let you go so that you can get into this more in depth and we'll wrap this up, but I will let I will wrap this up and turn it over to you, my friend. All right. Great fishing in the Aegean, I heard. <laughs> All right. This is going to wrap up Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on the fan, and it wraps up my having to put up with Dan at the end of the show so I can go and uh, start my Saturday. But tune in every Saturday from uh, 9 to 11. And don't forget to follow us, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, on Facebook. That mine information uh, is in there, some links for you to go to. And if you, we'd, I'll really appreciate if you search and follow Wickstrom and Dobrith and give us some feedback on the music. We'll let the Eagles take us to Dan Jacobs in sports on 104.3 The Fan.